What is up, everyone? I am Jay the Gentleman, and this is the Gentleman's Corner Podcast, episode one. And I could not think of anyone better to do this first episode than my good friend, slash mentor, slash brother from another, slash fellow Latino, Mr. Sergio Claudio. Now, Sergio is the global creative and experienced executive at Adobe. And I forgot what that meant, but he talks about what that means in the show. So stay tuned for that. But during today's episode, we talk about all sorts of things. We drop gems throughout the whole episode. One of the main things that we want to talk about was how we create mantras every year for ourselves that help us create goals and accomplish them by the end of the year. And then for the next one, the next year, we have a new mantra. And that just helps us be accountable for whatever we have aspirations-wise, manifesting, accountability, all that good stuff, whether it's career, dating, money, uh, personal health, all of these things I feel like a lot of people could really, really love and incorporate that into their own lifestyle. So I hope you really enjoy these talks about goals and manifestation and accountability. We also talk about how we master your craft and being prepared for unknown potential opportunities. If something falls on your lap, what do you do? Do you run away from it or are you ready and you tackle it and go head on? So we talk about all sorts of things. I hope everyone could take something from this conversation. So with that being said, it's time to let it fly. Here is the first episode of the Gentleman's Corner podcast. Here's Sergio Claudio. Enjoy. Sergio Claudio, and I'm a global head of digital experiences for Adobe. So I run um, what you would see on adobe.com for anything that's related to our businesses and enterprise technologies, um, as well as then my team does the virtual events like Adobe Max and Adobe Summit. So we're responsible for taking those from physical in-person experiences that were about, you know, 20,000 people per event to um, virtual events that that are now both live and on demand and have seen audiences around you know 20 million plus in terms of virtual visitors yeah it, it's incredible um, I, I do wish you would you would post more about that kind of stuff because I try <laughs> to tell I try to explain it to people but I, they're like what I'm like oh let me see it's on Instagram and it's like nothing on Instagram so I'm like uh He's gro- He's cool. I promise. Like he's really dope. <laughs> um, but before we start talking more about uh, where you're at now, um, one thing, I, one of the reasons I really wanted to have you on is because uh, obviously we have a really close relationship. We've known each other for so long, going back to the temple days and to the, the fraternity days. And I, I always look to you as uh, sort of a mentor, you taking me under your wing sort of thing, uh, going back all the way to the days of promoting events and at, at bars and lounges and clubs here in Philly. Um, and just little by little, we started to have like a nice uh, connection with each other. Cause we had a lot of, we had a lot in common and we'll talk about those things uh, moving forward with this conversation. But um, one of the things that we were, I feel like amongst everybody that was in our crew, we were always about adventuring and exploring new things that was kind of outside of the norm from what our friends were doing. And that's always been like our relationship, like, let's just try it or let's, you know, whatever, like, let's just see what happens. And through that, we kind of just, you know, made up these mantras every year for us and whoever 
was kind of in the same boat or kind of had the same mentality to have these mantras help us move forward for the next year. And that'll be kind of like our battle cry, our, 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 our rallying point to, you know, if anything happens to us, whether we're stuck or we're in a funk, like we revert back to that mantra and it kind of gets our momentum going. And I really wanted to talk about that because it's so big and I feel like we were ahead of the curve <laughs> like yeah. 15 years ago or, <laughs> or whatever it was. We were doing it before we even knew there was a name to it. But um, I really want to talk about that because I feel like it's it, when you do like the whole thing about putting things out in the, in, in the universe, putting thing, uh, things out there um, and having these affirmations and working toward those goals that it does happen. Yeah. Yeah. Well, you know, and I, I appreciate that. Um, you know, I, I don't think I tell you enough. I think, uh, you know, as much as you say that, you know, I've been a mentor, you know, you certainly have been, you know, one of my closest mentors as well. Right. Like I think, you know, not only friendship, I mean, we're brothers, but then also just, I, as I think back, like you're certainly one of the people that I have in my life that I feel like makes me a better person because you're in my life. So thank you, man. I appreciate that. that. How much I appreciate, I appreciate that. You. Yeah, man. Absolutely, um, man. Absolutely. You know, and, and it's interesting, like some of the things you talk about, you know, I mean, we've been, we've been practicing this kind of, um, you know, setting these mantras and kind of, you know, having these goals, right. And like being, you know, each other's kind of accountability partners for some of these things before people were really on that. Right. And, mm-hmm. um, you know, it's, it's, you know, I, I think I, we can both go back to like New Year's Day, January 1st, 2007, where we were just kind of looking back at how exciting everything we were doing up until that point was because it was new and it was different. And we were like, yeah, I, I could get addicted to this, right? Like we should just keep doing new shit like all yeah. year. And that's how the mantra like new shit in 07, you know, came to be, right? right. But, but I think like, as, as you're making me think back, I think that, you know, that was a, um, a, a, a result of things that were already happening right for sure like like i think um you know maybe sort of you and i combined like our our friendship has been sort of you know chasing new things and kind of marching to the beat of our own drum and just doing whatever it is that that we enjoy doing right but i think that you're someone that you've always had that you know and i think i've always had that myself as well but i remember you know, first meeting you, uh, you know, when you, uh, when, when we first all started hanging, um, and when you first joined the fraternity that like you dressed different than everybody did. Yeah. Right. <laughs> Definitely. You were, you were I, was working at, I was working at the gap back then. Exactly. <laughs> I was yeah, working at the gap. At the gap. Yeah. <laughs> Shout um, out to Zephyr Mall. <laughs> yeah. But, but yeah. you know, it was like, you, you, you just brought this, you know, different style to, 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 everything that you did right that everybody sort of appreciated people either liked to either adopt that style or just you know really kind of um adopted the the methodology of or the mindset of just exploring new things right like if you think about steve's you know steve's wardrobe right like his shirts (laughs) actually decreased by an inch in length every year I've known you <laughs> absolutely and, and i had a big influence on him with that i had a, a few of my brothers i had a big influence on just like changing how we dress and just yeah. how we look but well, i think but not to cut you off but i think um <laughs> a lot of that had to do with me and i, I had earlier i said we had a lot of things in common and one of them being uh biracial mm-hmm. um i think a lot of that ha- came from that because you know when you're biracial you kind of have to like wear different hats for different communities of people and mm-hmm. you get to a point where you're like, well, I do like this stuff as well as this stuff. I'm just going to 
go and listen to it or I'm going to go and wear whatever. And if you, if you like it, cool. If you don't, then it's kind of like whatever. Um, and that's kind of like marching to the beat of my own drum. I kind of, like, I kind of just, I, I it got too tiring to try to please everybody at the same time. Yeah. So I noticed that really quickly. I was like, you know what, I'm just going to be myself and, you know, finally do things that I always wanted to do and not have to worry about, you know, trying to please everybody, have these insecurities about not living up to, you know, this or that or whatever. Well, you know what it is too. I, going back to that time, there was something that you, I remember you saying. I don't, I don't remember what the specific context was, but like it was a time where everyone was trying something new, right? They were trying mm-hmm. new clothes. They were trying new styles. You know, you're a person that's very comfortable in your own skin and your style. And and um, I don't know if someone was asking something about like how these sunglasses looked or how this tie looked with a shirt or something like that. And you said something in that moment that was like something about you know, um, you know, you wear the clothes, don't let the clothes wear you. Or something it's, like it's, that. it's it's not, it's not what you wear, it's how you wear it. Yes. Yes, exactly. Yeah, I remember like, that. Yeah. I mean, that, that was, that was brilliant. Right. I remember yeah. hearing that and it was just like, that is totally it. Right. Like, it's like, you know, stop being afraid of like how it comes across and feel confident or feel empowered about doing it, how you want to do it. Right. Yeah. And I, and I think, you know, that, that sensibility that you had from a style sense um, really plays its way into so much more, right? Like to your point, you know, going out and being interested in different types of music or hanging with different groups of people or just trying new things because that's what you want to do, right? Mm-hmm. And not being afraid of how you'll look when you're doing it, but just yeah. being in the moment of enjoying the fact that you're doing it, that you're wearing this thing, that you're trying this new thing. So, you know, I think that was, um, you know, something that I saw, you know, from you early on and you know, to your point, you know, coming from a multicultural background, you know, being both African American and Latino, um, you know, and being um, uh, uh, constantly in like gifted classes, or, you know, going to private schools, and, you know, being all of these places where or even just from a being a different city, right? Like, you constantly mm-hmm. find yourself in this place where you're around people that are different than you, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and, and, and you start to realize that, well, you, you, are into some of the same things that they're in and you're, you know, also into the things that you're just into. Right. But sometimes Correct. people don't follow, you know, the thing that they're more into because of how it would look or how mm-hmm. it would be perceived, you know? And I think um, at some point for your own happiness, you really got to just start to trust what it is that you want to do that drives you and appreciate the fact that everyone's by driven by something differently. Uh, then, you know, and, and there are times where people are aligned on things and times where people kind of need to walk their own paths. And if you're around people that can't appreciate that, you know, those people are going to be holding you back, right? Like right. the opportunity to start to get around more people that, you know, are open-minded, that kind of, you know, let you do you, you know, let them do them. And everyone is kind of, but, but everyone's supporting each other along the way. Like, I think, you know, us meeting each other was coming at a time where we were starting to meet more people like that. Right. right. And and I think I think what I had to do, I think when I when I turned 21, that's when it was really like when me and you because you there was a lot of places that you wanted to go. But some of the, the people that we hung out, with, they didn't really want to go. And I was mm-hmm. like, just turning 21. I wanted to venture out. I could, you know, be legal and not to worry about, you know, getting there like at six o'clock in the, in the evening. So it was like we were like, Let, let's go check it out. Like there's a party here. Let's go check it out. There's a new event over here. Let's go check it out. And I think that's where that whole new, that mantra for new shit in 07, it kind of like steered us into that direction because we were just open to just go somewhere. Because you finally had someone that was like, yo, let's go. 
And I was exactly. just like, let's go. <laughs> I just wanted to be out. Yeah. Let's let's not let's not forget. Yeah, when you turn 21, that's when things really started to pop off. Um, right. <laughs> as uh, 21 shots for turning 21 in Atlantic City. Yeah, that, that, that video is still there. It's exactly. Still there. It's, it's, it's still like there on YouTube. Half a million views on YouTube. <laughs> is it really? Yes. I have to. You have to say half a million like, views. Like I was thinking about that the other. I, I was yeah. thinking about that the other day. I was like, I wonder. Like that video still has to be there, but I wonder how many views it has because it's been there since like the beginning of YouTube. Exactly, <laughs> and, like, and yet, like half a million people like viral before YouTube viral videos were even a thing. That's hilarious. That, all right, yes. you gotta send me the link. But um, yeah, that was definitely one. That was one of my uh, favorite birthdays because that was just so much fun. And then once like we were like you were already in that scene, I was kind of coming on your wing and the whole Mint Lounge movement. We'll talk about that. All, you know, as we talk about the art in our conversation, but just being open to the city because. One thing people have to understand, especially in Philly, like the Philly nightlife was amazing back then. Like you had Old City, you had Center City, Rittenhouse. You could go anywhere, anytime, uh, any day of the week. Uh, there was a lot more places, a lot of things to do, a lot more places to go in that era. So there was, it was, it was a great time to be of age to really kind of, even if you could figure it out, but it was just a good time to really go bar hopping, club hopping in, in Philly because there was just so much to do. Yeah, well, you know, I mean, you know, Philly, Philly's nightlife and Philly was just interesting in itself, right? I think Philadelphia was it, all about the people and like, the, you know, it had a lot of great venues that brought people together. And I think, you know, the people that you would start to see all these venues start to become part of your network as well, right? I think Correct. All the people that, you know, we've spent, you know, many Friday and Saturday and Thursday nights, right, partying with for like, a decade, you know, yeah. and I think, um, I think Philadelphia went through its period where like Delaware Ave was the, the place to be. Right. Yeah. And then it started moving to more kind of the lounge atmosphere around mm -hmm. old city and Rittenhouse, um, you know, and you would start to see some of the same people in the same circles, you know, but then I think that's the other part where, again, around this time around 2007 is where even that started to become sort of routine. Right. Right. I remember sitting back, um, uh, I remember sitting back, I think it was a couple of us that were just hanging out. And I, I watched someone come in celebrating a birthday, mm -hmm. right? And that person was celebrating their birthday with the same group of people that I've seen them celebrate their birthday with for like six or seven years at that time. <laughs> I'm like, right. somehow every time around this time of year, I happen to be in the same place as this person watching them celebrate their birthday. Right. It's cool, it's cool. But, um, it's cool. But you know, the, uh, the, the, the reality is, is like, you know, we started having that conversation. How many 21st birthdays can I see celebrated in the same place? You know, how many of the same people can I see turn 21 to 24 to 25 to, you know, and, and so that, yeah. that, that also came to the, you know, I, there's more out there for us, right? Correct. There's more circles of people. There's new places to see. There's new places to go. And, and so I think that's, that's what all culminated, right? In that 2007, we were like, you know, what was great about the past couple times that we had been out was that we went to places that no one had ever heard of. We hung mm -hmm. out with people that, you know, people wouldn't normally, you wouldn't normally see mixed together in the same group. Right. And, and like, we just, we just did things that weren't normal for us or what was happening around us. And we liked it. Right. So that's when we got to the um, mantra of the, you know what, we're going to keep doing new shit. It's going to be new shit in 07. And, and yeah. that's what we started to talk about. Right. Like what, what can be new stuff? you know, new jobs, 
um, new opportunities, traveling in new places, right? Mm-hmm. You know, I think the first place we went was Texas. I was like, let's go to San Antonio. Yeah. I never That's been right. to Texas before. We went down right? for spring. We went out for spring break. We went to uh, South Padre Island. We took the Greyhound. <laughs> I was like, we're gonna do it. We're gonna do it like how we did it in high school. And you were like, okay, let's do it. Oh man, that was uh, that was quite an experience, right? You know, <laughs> flying down to San Antonio. Um, we missed our flight. Remember, we missed the connection flight from Philly, or from Dallas to uh, to San Antonio. I do remember that. Now, now that you said that, I completely forgot. That's funny. Yeah, you know what's not new shit is missing flights in Dallas. The <laughs> Dallas, the DFW airport is one of the worst airports in the United States. Every time I go there, I'd say maybe eight out of ten times I've been delayed or missed a flight. So wow, really? One of the one of the you know, one of the other bad things to throw up there from Dallas along with the Cowboys. <laughs> I knew that was coming. <laughs> I'm okay with that. That's all right. Both teams, I mean, that's not saying much about the Eagles nowadays. It's got, our, your organization is trash right now. Hey. So it is what it is. But no, it was um, 07, uh, really quick. We, um, we, for spring break, we flew down to San Antonio. From San Antonio, we took a Greyhound to South Padre Island, which is like, I don't know, six, it was, they had so many stops. So it was like 12 hour ride or something, mm-hmm. something crazy. We were there for a couple of days, got a motel by the border. So we could walk across the border party, come back, met some, saw some of my friends from high school, partied with them, um, had your bag stolen, your phone. Somebody took your phone. Someone took my, my phone. Room. Someone took my we wallet. We had tickets to go say Akon. This security is, this is card. Like Akon was like the dude back then. So it was like Akon was put on this big show. We had tickets to it. Couldn't go. We just like stayed in, um, the motel went to Mexico, came back, drove back to the Greyhound, had to fly back. It was it was it was a lot, but it was it was an experience. We it ran into to Nehemiah from the real world on the beach. Oh, that's right. <laughs> well, yeah, it was like girls going wild. Their video crew was like running by, and then Nehemiah came by. It was bizarre. It was a bizarre trip. <laughs> bizarre, but I mean, you know. <laughs> Who, you know, out of the, the, the worst places to lose your social security card would be like on the border between the right. U.S. and Mexico. <laughs> yeah, it was a lot of going and, and having then, your name too, Sergio Claudio, like having yeah. that is like, yeah, all right. And, and then you remember being on the bus going back to San Antonio and the bus getting pulled over by La Migra? Uh-huh. <laughs> yeah we were like what's going on are we home? are we here yet no nope. exactly that was crazy <laughs> it was but, crazy but even then right i think um you know having something happen like that like we're laughing about it and we were actually laughing about it that whole time remember yeah. because yeah again you know that whole commitment to new shit and i remember it was all right well i guess i gotta get a new it was, it's that emoji it was just like whatever yeah <laughs> exactly you know, and, and, but I mean, that year was fantastic, right? We went, went on that trip. We had these new experiences. I came back that week um, to an email that, uh, you know, I, I was moving into the next rounds for what was going to be my future job and kind of career changing move. Right. Um, you know, and so, you know, it was it, speaking it into existence. Right. And, and so, but it wasn't only really speaking it, like we then bought plane tickets. We then physically made these commitments. Right. And then like, right it started to snowball and we just continued to roll with it. And I think that was, um, that was the beginning of like this just massive transformation, right. Where you and I both saw the power of like, you know, committing to doing new stuff and everything that was happening that was new. We kept saying yes to it. Right. And we kept doing things. And I mean, that really, that really laid the foundation for, for many of the years after that. And I think also too, like with, uh, with anything really, especially for myself, I can speak for myself, I don't know about you, but, 
um, any, anytime I'm trying to do something new or whatever, like the hardest part is just starting. And it's once you do start, then it's like, all right, what's the next step? And you, you, you just kind of take the steps as they come, as opposed to just looking at the big picture, and be like getting overwhelmed by everything. Yeah. Um, but it was one of those things where, um, as we were experiencing new things throughout our lives within that year and then moving forward for the re- like next couple of years, it was just a matter of, I like, don't get overwhelmed with the bigger picture, getting flights or getting, you know, saving up money or whatever, whatever, like do with the first step first. And then from there you go to the next one. And, um, something my, my dad recently told me, uh, well, not really told me, but just speaking, uh, about just me and my brother or whatever. And he's trying to teach my little brother, like not to skip steps. Cause he just wants to start making money and live this lifestyle. And it's like, dude, you got to work to get to that point first. And you're not going to be able to get there unless you skip steps. Cause you're going to miss what everybody else is doing. And I think that was like something where it kind of clicked uh, recently, but it was always something that we've done where it's like, let's not skip steps. Let's just go as it, as it comes. Yeah. Well, so, so one of my good friends, Kyle Kelly, um, he went to, to Temple as well and sort of got his start in the club scene. Now, you know, he's, he's working for major enterprises and worked at Zappos and Morgan Stanley and a number of companies, but mm-hmm. he always says, you know, respect the baby step, right? Like, you know, while we're going to have these big goals and big dreams, you know, respect that you're going to have to take the first, the second, the third, the small steps, and they're not going to be major, right? But right. they're going to be the small steps to get you along the path. You know, and I think the other thing is that, um, you know, respecting the fact that there's going to be small steps that get you to where you want to be, but then also, you know, making those steps easy for yourself, right? I think the other thing about, you know, um, uh, the, the thing that kind of prohibits people from taking action sometimes is that fear of that first step, right? Mm-hmm. Like, I don't know where to start, right? This thing that I want to do is like so far out there. Like, what does that even look like? How could I possibly do that, right? And, mm-hmm. and to be honest, when we made this commitment to, to New Shit in 07, you know, one of those things was to travel, right? Well, mm-hmm. between, you know, three weeks before and when we made the commitment, I wasn't making any more money than I would make was making before, right? But I remember we sat down and said, okay, well, you know, going out to the bar, you know, every week, you know, you're spending, you know, easily, you know, a hundred and 120 bucks, you know, maybe a night. Right. And it's like, right. whoa, like this ticket from self on Southwest is like $150 round trip. Like I can do that by not going out for two weekends. <laughs> right. Like, <laughs> right. Like, it's just simple stuff like that. Where it's just like, you know, the thing that seems like it's an ambitious goal can really be made very simple. If you just move some things around and you kind of go through those steps of like, what are the small things that I can do to help me get there? You mm-hmm. know? Right. And, and I think that's, um, you know, it's, it's, you see that a lot, even in the professional world, like, you know, working in software and technology, they talk about agile or like development sprints, right? Like, what is the thing that you want to do long-term and how do you get there two weeks at a time? Um, you know, right. what do you commit to? And, and, you know, I think that's, um, that's with anything, even like, you know, if you want to use a football metaphor, it's like, you got to make it to the end zone, right. But you make it there 10 yards at a time. Correct. You know? And so it's like, that's, that's the important piece that I even try and share with the teams that I lead is that, okay, you know, let's have our eye on the prize, the thing we want to do, but let's not put ourselves, let's not expect that that's going to get done like next month. Let's figure out, you know, what are the first, you know, what do we do, you know, for the next month? What do we do for the month after that? You know, the first 30 days, the next, the, the next 60, the next 90, um, you know, and, and, and I think that's how you can achieve. It, there's a lot of goals that you can achieve that way. If you start to develop a system for trying mm-hmm. to, take those first steps to reaching your goals. And it's funny how um, 
earlier I mentioned just putting things out in the universe, but it's also um, when we're when, when we have these mantras throughout the years and you know trying new things or level up. And I, I'm I'm pretty sure you're better at remembering the different mantras that we've had over the uh, over the last whatever years, thirteen years. But um, it's it going kind of relating to that to the professional field and just professionalism, it, like all those those experiences and those mantras definitely helped. So where, where you're at, where I'm at career-wise, um, you know, running teams and um, being in charge of teams and just being in charge of projects and working with different people, working with um, helping people get to, the, to certain levels that they need to get to, all those things were stuff that we learned. And little by little, we had that, we kept it back in our, tool, in our toolbox so that when these opportunities came for us to be in charge of projects or, or, or teams or whatever, we were ready to go. Yeah, you know, I think, um, you know, something that I think is becoming more widely understood is that, you know, to, to reach any goal for, you know, large and small efforts, you've got to have a solid vision, right, of what success looks like. And I think that's what we've had a lot of practice at for these last, um, you know, 14 years is vision setting. You know, mm -hmm. I think we found our own way to it, you know, but I mean, these are things that you read in books like, you know, the Master Key System and Thinking Grow Rich. Um, but, you know, it was having clear defined kind of uh, objectives or outcomes that we wanted for those years and then synthesizing them into this mantra, this statement, right? When you're doing it for a new product, like a new piece of technology, they call it the, the Zen statement or, you mm. know, some businesses call it your elevator pitch. I mean, even right. JFK in going to the moon said, look, you know, by this point, we're going to be the first country to make it to the moon. I don't know how, right? And well, we're going to figure it out. out, but we're going to yeah. do it. You know, and so and so I think that's what we've done, you know, within our group. And so, you know, those mantras that we've had over the last, you know, several years, we've got, you know, new shit in 07. We had uh, make it great in 08. We had 2009 is mine. Uh, 2010 was going to be legendary. Um, 2011 was living the dream. 2012 was making magic happen. Um, 2013 uh, was, was that le level up. Um 2013 was, um, so, sorry, no, 2012 was the movement. 2013 was making magic happen. Okay. 2014 was um, uh, the, the gift, right? Appreciating all the different gifts that come into your life. Right. 2015 was next level, right? So That's what wherever was, yeah. you were, take it to the next level, right? Do the thing that, you know, don't just be comfortable with where you are, push for whatever that next chapter is gonna be, whether it's a promotion, whether it's, you know, what was gonna be- A new house, whatever it was. It yeah, was really really the equivalent of going from the minor leagues to the major leagues, right? Correct. Um, 2016 was a great one, which I found very valuable over these past seven years, which was mastering the values, right? Yes. So, yeah. That, that one was when I think it really started to get, serious for myself and I'll speak on my experience because I felt like with 2016 came um like with with working with water ice and our media company we kind of had like a rhythm going we figure out what I was good at Hector figure out what he was good at we had brought other people involved and we were we were we were making moves and then like working with Cuba I had already been with the company for like a year and, you know, I knew people in the nightlife industry and vice versa. So I kind of navigated my way through there. And, um, and just like other things, it was like, how do I, you know, how do I start creating um, not only a career, but a legacy within my, my, my specialty. And that was when it really got 
for me at least, that's when it really got like serious as far as that that goes. Yeah, you know, I think I think that came at an interesting time. So, you know, 2016 mastering the values. I think for <clears throat> excuse me for anyone that's on um, any particular path uh, of of achieving, you know, of being successful, getting momentum towards their goals. You know, you can kind of see it as like a graph, right? Mm-hmm. And like you've got like this rapid growth and momentum, and then sometimes something happens where you start to level off. It's yeah, like, plateaus a little bit. Or it may even dip, right? Like you start to lose love for something or you get confused and you start to find that like- Complacent. Complacent or I'm starting to get distracted or I'm focused on the wrong things. And, you know, I think what that turned into was it was a time to take inventory of like with everything going on, you know, centering yourself and saying, you know, what is important to me, right? Mm -hmm. Like who was I 10 years ago? Who am I today? you know, what are the things that I care about? You know, what are my values? You know, for me, it's gratitude, hard work, faith, and kindness, right? For some others, it might be friendship, love, you know, faith, whatever it might be. But it's important to, to really kind of go through that period of understanding your values and understanding why you do the things that you do, understanding while, why you would be committed to doing something if it requires you to stay up, you know, pull multiple all-nighters, versus the things that you might do that you lose interest in or understanding why you may have conflicts with particular types of people or particular points of view and you can't really get underneath why you know you're at odds with the the point of view right it right down to a disconnect in your values or something being conflicting with your values so you know i think it's um i've been through a lot of discussions you know recently with people that I mentor or just, you know, people that are in, in coaching spaces and, and the, the concept of values comes up, you know, quite frequently, I think, you know, in people's careers, um, you know, uh, understanding whether they feel, feel fulfilled in their career or understanding mm-hmm. if they're finding their purpose or if they're connecting, you know, the bulk of their efforts and their time to the things that are most meaningful to them. And, mm-hmm. and you know, the reality is, is that's going to be different for everybody. But the only way that you're going to be answer, able to answer that question is if you understand your values, you know, understanding mm-hmm. what you care about. And so, you know, I was really grateful for us to have that sort of insight and awareness that year um, in 2016. Because yeah. for me, that really then, you know, on that curve took me from like this kind of, um, you know, slowed growth to like a, rap, you know, rapid awakening of like what I needed to do to be fulfilled you know, in my purpose, whether it was through my career or through, you know, relationships or through whatever it was, right. Making sure that everyone, everything I was doing um, was in context of my values of working hard, you know, having faith that, Mm -hmm. you know, things will work out um, uh, gratitude and being grateful for everything that's been given and everything that's coming. And then, you know um, the kindness, right. Continuing to open the door and extend that kindness to others. Yeah. I mean, I think also with, with everything you just said, like with the mastering the values was also like mastering your craft. And I remember that year was a really big year for really honing in on what I'm good at or what you're good at and just getting better. Um, Cause there's always room to improve in whatever you do. And um, we, like we knew to get to that point of um, recognition or even just getting to that point where if you're working like in freelance, you know, getting those gigs where they're, you know, they're willing to give you budgets and they're giving you what you asked for. 
you have to put the work behind it. And I remember 2016 was definitely a year for that. And I remember 2000, like 2017 was kind of like a, it was, it was like definitely my plateau year because everything was just in rhythm. Like everything was just, it was like a machine. It was good. It was just going. And I wasn't really, you know, there wasn't like big opportunities that was, that was like coming my way that year, but it was cool because it, it still gave me time to really hone in on what we were good at and just kind of get used to it and really build our name. And in 2018, that was a, that was a big year. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that was a big year for a lot of us. <laughs> so, so our other three, they ended up being, um, uh, 2017, and I think the relationship between 16 and 17 is interesting, right? Because even for the for the reason that you said about that plateau, but um, <clears throat> excuse me. So 2017 was new life. Um, mm-hmm. 2018 was uh, amplify. Uh, 2019 was steady aim. Yeah. Um, you know, 2020. We'll get into that in a minute, but you know, just sure. focusing on those years for for a little bit. Um, you know, what 2016 about mastering the values and kind of mastery and like getting better at your craft and all that it really was about like understanding your personal framework right or your foundations Mm -hmm. you know and i think when you have a solid foundation um you know (laughs) my brick is my foundation it uh it 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 puts you in a position of being able to sort of withstand what might come your way right and i think um I think 2017 was that for me, right? Having done the work in 2016 to understand my values and my framework, you know, 2017, this new life, you know, setting these mantras isn't always about kind of the, the great wonders and joy that comes from it. There's some pain that comes with those things as well, right? Like yeah. when you want new, that means you got to give up things or things get taken away. And sacrifices, yeah. Yeah, the sacrifices and, and those don't always feel good, right? Like Um, you know, but, you know, having that kind of clear vision, right. You know, for, so for 2017 new life, um, you know, was, was one about welcome, welcoming a new life into our lives, which is, which is my daughter, Sophia, um, being born in 2017. But then, Mm -hmm. you know, there was some massive career, um, uh, 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 just disruption that happened for me. All right. And some of it was painful. Um, and, and, you know, at the end of it though, it was, one of the most delightful decisions that had ever opportunities that came to be, but you know, that commitment to new life and, and kind of going through all those ups and downs, right. I mean, they, they will take their toll and, you know, again, you know, in time in, in tough times and in good times, being able to look back to those values of like, you know, gratitude, I'm thankful mm-hmm. that, you know, as challenging as things may be that, you know, we are taken care of and things are good. Um, you know, hard work, uh, this isn't easy, right? But you got to work through it and you got to put in the work every single day, um, you know, and, and make the sacrifices you need to make or be willing to give up where you are today for where you want to be, right? And that's all mm-hmm. going to be hard work. Um, the faith, it's all going to work out. Keep working at it and it's going to come to be. Whatever you're trying to get through is going to, you're going to see the light at the end. You're going you're gonna to see all of your efforts pay off if you keep working at it. And then the kindness, right? Is that even you know, in times where they were tough and things were tight, like remembering to give, you know, I mean, there's times where it was just like, um, you know, we were stretched financially yet. I'm still looking at, okay, I got to give someone needs something. Someone's got something, you know, they're, you know, something's happened or, you know, the hurricane happened and a lot of people were going through some stuff and given yeah. to the efforts for the hurricane relief and what was going on in Puerto Rico at the time. I mean, 2017 was a tough year itself, right? Yeah. And, um, you know, having a solid framework and those commitments, you know, really helped kind of 
you know, get through that year. And so ultimately, you know, the result of that, right, it's all about kind of the outcome. New life, what ended up happening that year, ended up having a, a new child, a new job, and ultimately laying the grant groundwork to move from the city that we're in, which is Miami, to a new life in Colorado. Right. You know? so, I mean, that's the other thing about these mantras is that every single year we've been able to look back and say, whoa, you know, January 1st, that commitment happened you know, December 31st at the end of that year, it's like, look at what the year, you know, look at what gifts the year has brought. Right. Right. And again, much gratitude and appreciation for that, because I mean, it's, it's a humbling experience to be able to commit to something that you don't know exist at a particular Mm -hmm. time. And then to see it come to life. I mean, I think with anything new, I think if it doesn't scare you, then I don't think it's worth it. Um, I, you know, it's okay to be, if it's something the unknown right it's okay to be like what's gonna happen like that's that's good that should that should get you that when you when when fear comes into your body it heightens your sense your senses so you're supposed to react how do you react to it that's the more that's the most important thing how do you react to something new that's happening well yeah i mean being provocative with your vision right and doing something committing to something that may seem scary at the time yet to your point it elicits an emotion in you and when Mm -hmm. you're emotionally connected to something i mean you know it's so much more powerful than when you're um superficially connected to it you know a sum of money or or a material possession or whatever it might be like or status right if you're doing something for the way it looks versus for the way it makes you feel you know Mm -hmm. those are going to be two very different outcomes in terms of what the result's going to be right I mean, with with that being said, uh, 2020 obviously was a uh, monumental um, one for the ages. Everyone's going to remember 2020, the good things, the bad things. Uh, it was a lot going on, tumultuous year. Uh, but what was our what was our mantra for that year for 2020? So, you know, I, I know that 2020 was, was interesting, right? I mean, 2020 was certainly a year of pivots. And so, you know, going into this and you and I, we have this discussion every year around Thanksgiving about what mm-hmm. the mantra is going to be for the next year. So <clears throat> from that time, from Thanksgiving to the actually beginning of the year, we were talking about kind of like no more games or that we're here to kill, right? In fact, I think the mantra was like John Wick. John Wick, Yep. Play no games. Get in there. Yeah, he's in there killing shit, right? We're gonna get it. We're just gonna kill it. Um, You know, and I think you know, 2020 um, certainly had some plans of its own, right? And and what I started to see, just as with kind of everything in the world that was pivoting and adapting to the year, um, the year for me very much professionally accelerated, and it only accelerated because there was a strong plan, right? Mm -hmm. So I kind of go back to like, you know that relationship between, you know, going through tough times, but having a solid framework. And I saw that come into play again for 2020, right? It mm-hmm. was like, you know, there was a solid plan that was kicked off in the beginning of the year that was meant to be able to crush every single goal, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and, and what happened was that the plan started to come to life differently, but the plan stayed the same, right? And so what I started to see is that not only in that plan, but you know, and other types of business models or other types of strategies that had to adapt. Um, because there was a solid framework in place, those, those um, solid routines, solid processes helped some businesses accelerate and other businesses had to adapt and build completely new frameworks. 
Right. So for me personally, 2020 became all about the framework. It really became about like, okay, your limits are going to be tested in so many different ways. It's going to be tested from your interpersonal relationships, right? As you're not going to be able to see people and social distancing going to be tested from your, you know, at home relationships, because now you're stuck at home all the time and you can't, you know, be around other people. It's going to be tested from work where people are going to be, um, uh, people that are used to seeing each other every day in the office are now going to have to learn how to work remotely. Right. And, and so establish new processes, um, even health, right? Like the underlying systems in people's bodies were what are really kind of, um, you know, coming to light through all this pandemic. And so, you know, it's strengthening your internal framework, right? Your health and your breathing and your lungs and all that stuff, which is helping you get through this. And so for me, that is so much of what this year or last year turned into was, you know, constantly, you know, staying focused on the framework, the values, the strategies, um, and, and, you know, adapting and pivoting those and, and, you know, coming at the end of the year, I mean, again, very fortunate to be in a place where, you know, my family is taken care of. We've all been healthy. Um, everyone's been healthy across the board. Uh, you know, business has been successful. Um, you know, like I said, you know, at Adobe going from, uh, you know, a large company that is doing, you know, in-person and physical events to pivoting to a virtual experience in under 25 days. The only way that we were able to do that, right. Go from an event that was supposed to happen in Vegas for 20,000 people to, an event that happened online for 500,000 people in 25 days was we had to literally go to a framework, a systematized template that we had for something else that we dusted off and refactored. <laughs> exactly. like bring, it, bring it back exactly. to life. We're like, you know what, this, this, yeah. this looks like it could work for this. And, and it did, right? And it came, it, it was a solid, a solid framework. And so that's what we did is then we scaled the framework. So, you know, I mean, it's, it's a, it, I, I think as it relates, you know, outside of the business world, whether it's your values, whether it's your, your framework of like your people, your family, your network, you know, I think those are the things that have really helped people get through some challenging times is by having Mm -hmm. a network of people either that can help them into their next opportunity or that can help them through, you know, times of crisis. Um, You know, it's it's all part of your framework. And so for me, I think, you know, and, 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 and as it, as it stands, whether it's 2020 or any other future challenge, being able to have a system, being able to have a framework by which you approach the way that you approach adversity and turn adversity into opportunity is through my belief, a solid plan, a solid framework. Right. No, I mean, yeah, it was 2020, like talking about your framework and especially eternal it, playing no games. It, it was serious. Cause it was like, all right, well, if you're going to play no games, let's talk about your health. Uh, let's talk about your time management. Let's talk about all the things that you put off because you said you didn't have time to do. Now you literally have all the time in the world because you can't go anywhere. What are you going to do with it? Are you really about to, are you really about your, your business? Or are you just full of shit? So it was for me, like obviously 20, like just with the pandemic, it was, it sucked because a lot of people died and um, it took a while for it, for, for the math to really take it serious. But with my own experience, um, having that time to really kind of like uh, bring it down to the base level and be like, all right, what do I need? What, what are the things that I need to really get? my career, myself, my, you know, my body, my health going so that I, I could, once the real world comes to like normal times, you're ready to go. And I was just, I didn't, I didn't want to be stuck behind when everybody else figured it out. I kind of just want to be like, you know what, let me see what, ha- what works for me 
what are the things that I need to get done to help my myself, whether get that website done, get that logo, uh, plan out the next year, how you're going to move forward, plan out um, virtual events, stuff like that. Uh, it really gave me the time to kind of just sit back and just reflect Be like, all right, well, that's a wash. All the live stuff's a wash. How can we, you know, pivot to, to, to the new stuff and to the new way of how people are doing things because they're going to come around and it's not going to go away anytime soon. So you better be on top of it. And that's what I really, like I took 2020 away from was just getting back to that, that the, the base level of health, uh, your time, just simple things that you take for granted. And as you get older, those are the things that either time goes by really fast. Your health does, is starting to diminish if you don't take care of it. You know, just eating right, all those things that the, 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 the basis of makes you a human, you have all that stuff now. Now there's really no excuse. <laughs> yeah. Because <laughs> you know, well, you're at home. You know? Yeah, yeah. I mean, I, and I would say, you know, in, in the, the similar model, like you mentioned, health t- time and your personal commitments, right? And like mm-hmm. that was that was sort of your framework for for getting through the year, and 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 you know, it brought its successes. I would say, you know, along those same lines. I mean, you know, one of the things for me in 2020 as well, you know, great blessing that that you know we brought our son into this world, and so we had a new baby. Um, mm-hmm. You know, and I, I, had, I had the, uh, thank you. And I had the, um, the fortune of having paternity leave, right. Paid parental leave. I mean, you know, especially I think in a, in a day and age that, that 2020 had been, I mean, talk about sort of, uh, a, 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 a wonderful blessing and opportunity to be able to take that time off just to spend with my family and have everything, everything taken care of. But, you know, very much, I had a framework for that as well. Right. Which was three things. You know, the first thing was that I was so grateful for this opportunity that, um, you know, uh, that I wanted to make sure that I did use the time wisely to spend and focus on my family. Mm -hmm. Um, you know, but also on top of that, you know, giving back to the community, right? Like Mm. if I was going to have all this time available, I was going to spend time doing something meaningful for people. Um, and then, you know, focusing on my craft, right. My art. And so I got into uh, a lot of, um, personal art projects, but, you know, specifically in the giving back side, um, you know, I, I definitely felt just proud of the fact that during that time off, you know, I worked as hard at kind of giving back and working with um, students and, and mentoring programs um, as hard as I would normally work my full-time job, right? Mm-hmm. Because for me, it was like, you know, this is such a, a great opportunity to be able to spend and um, spend the time with your family and have things taken care of and, and not have to necessarily worry about livelihood that, the way that I show gratitude is by, you know, by doing for others, right? So I got with the program called the One School, which is a program dedicated to, um, it was started by the One Club of New York. It's a, uh, 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 a advertising and creative sort of council that hosts a, a lot of creative competitions and some of the most prestigious awards in, in the creative field, as well as in partnership with the creative director from Spotify. Um, and, and then through my partnership with Adobe and, and help kind of kick off this program to train, um, 30 up and coming, uh, creatives and, and young professionals, um, black creatives, uh, by giving them exposure to mentors, talent, tools, and resources to help prepare them for, for careers with big brands and big tech companies and big agencies. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, invest a lot of time in, in working with, um, you know, black and brown students from all over the country and helping them you know, build, uh, work on creative projects, understand opportunities for them in creative careers and help make introductions for them as well. Um, you know, on top of that, I spent time going back to Temple virtually 
and speaking at uh, the Tyler School of Art School of Design, as well as to. Oh, cool. I didn't know you did that. Yeah, man. Yeah, I did That's that. Dope. And, and, um, and then, you know, I spoke to uh, a few of the master classes, I guess, lectured, you know, just to give back to the students, right? Talk to students about, you know, what it's like to kind of think about your, your career, your career, <coughs> excuse me, as a creative professional. Um, you know, and, and, and what might be the opportunities or pathways. And, and you know, I think um, those things, I, I, I lay out the, the, the different pieces because I, I made three commitments, right? That was sort of my framework for the end of the year. And I, I was mm-hmm. able to do all of those things. And, and that's where I felt fulfilled, right? I felt fulfilled by, you know, having these sort of smaller goals, right? These baby step goals that I took and, you know, and spent my time, you know, very much aligned with what my values were, you know, working hard at, at it, you know, being grateful, working hard um, and, and doing acts of kindness and in, in, in hopes of, of helping and better the careers of other young creative professionals out there. I mean, I, I think ultimately that's, um, you know, you, you mentioned the word fulfillment and when you genuinely give back, not just for recognition or for, you know, numbers for your Instagram following or whatever, when you're genuinely giving back, um, I think that's, that's one area where I need to work on only because I just get lost in the sauce, but there's really no excuse not to, right? But I try to do that little by little, especially like with my little brother, because he's, he's actually starting to get into like photography. And I had him come out to one of the shoots that we did. And he from there, he got two other gigs, you know, so it's like little stuff like that, because it goes a long way. But um, with transitioning into 2021, we had came up with something that we were really excited about, because I think we figured out that um, 2020 into 2020 is kind of spilled over as far as like things being limited and events are pretty much still kind of like a wash. But now that we kind of know where we're at, we kind of figured out what we could do. So can you tell everybody what 2021, what the mantra is for this year? Yeah. Yeah. Well, you know, I think, um, I think, you know, to, to go back a second to what you were talking about, about the kind of growth area of like getting into things for, for, um, you know, the act of doing something versus, you know, the, the kind of social following that goes back to the same principle that we discussed, which is doing something for how it feels versus how it looks. Right. Mm-hmm. But I will tell you, you know, while that's my commitment, that also could be um, a diminisher for me as well. Right. You mentioned something, which is like, there's all this stuff that you know that I'm doing, but other people don't know that I do it. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, because I don't show it all the time. I don't put it out right. there, you know, I'm not posting about it because it's, it's, I spend more time kind of doing the thing and, you know, and, and I'm not as connected to showing it. And, you know, and, and I think to, to some extent, there's maybe some virtue in that, but I think in the world that we live in where people need to see, right. And, and it's a, you know, media is so is how people become informed, whether it's social media or many of the other channels. And, you know, you can't get out there and talk to people all the time. So it's like, you've got to show this work. And so, you know, there's platforms like LinkedIn, um, you know, and, and now Clubhouse and mm-hmm. Instagram and a few other places where, you know, you connect with the community and you get to kind of share your value, share these things that you're picking up, right? And I think as you and I discuss, one of the things that I'm realizing is that, you know, all of these things that I give to people in one-on-one conversations or all of these strategies that I give to corporate enterprises and, and workshops that I do and, and, and uh, um, you know, at, at paid events, like this is all stuff that 
so many people could benefit from, right? Like how to think about branding for your business, how to, you know, lay out a digital marketing strategy to, to mm-hmm. go from, you know, a, a, a small business to a medium size or an enterprise business, mm-hmm. um, how to, you know, um, you know, navigate some of the challenges of a, of a creative career as a professional, right? You know, mm-hmm. as a young professional and a grown professional, how to continue to build a network and, and look for opportunities as a professional of color and connect. And so, you know, there's, there's so much of that that I speak about and I work with every single day that nobody sees. And it's sort of, mm-hmm. I'm starting to sort of feel guilty for that, right? The only people that get to see kind of what I share are the people that are paying $1,500 to go to a conference or the people that are already at the tech job and already have opportunities in front of them. And I'm just, my, my goal is to help them make more money, right? Make right. a billion on their, on their balance sheet. But, you know, my, what I really care about is being able to help, you know, the people that were like us that were in our 20s coming out of Philadelphia or coming out of anywhere looking for, you know, people that looked like them and had gone and done the things that they would hope to do and helping them find a path to doing it. And so mm-hmm. um, that came around to the mantra that you and I discussed, which is like, I feel like I've been hiding so much of this for so long, right? And and it's like 2021 has got to be, you know, stop hiding and let it fly, right? Mm-hmm. Just let it out, start putting it out there and don't worry about what people think about it. Do it for the sake of trying to help people, right? Do it not for how it looks or don't, you know, don't worry about how it looks, focus on how it feels. And if mm-hmm. I do it knowing that I'm trying to do this to create value for people, to try and create awareness for people, I don't really care if someone thinks that I'm bragging or that I'm showing right. I'm trying to get a message out to people that want to see it and might need access to that information. I think, I think you hit it on the head for me was the, the access, right? Like um, not a lot of people have $1,500 to go to a summit or whatever. Um, and that's why, that's why like, I was joking around earlier, but people want to know this stuff. And, and I think that's the reason why I really started this podcast because I was lucky enough to, you know, over, over the last 20 some odd years of living and just, living in different places, having different jobs, I've come across a lot of really cool people who are, who mean a lot to me and are doing incredible things. And it's hard to articulate what they do without showing them. But it's like, unless you put it out there, I can't really say, but um, like, I really, I I, I try to, um, I try to express to other people uh, like yourself to just put it out there because people are going to know when you're genuinely not you know, genuine about your message, or if you're just coming off like an influencer or whatever, like they're going to know, they're going to cut through the bullshit and know if you're a real person or not. And there are, there is a way of, there were, there is a way of, uh, a way of going about, about not coming off as a, you know, bragging or whatever, but um, just have, just giving those tools. Cause I, especially now with, now that everybody has been, it's been is home and they have time on their hands and they're just online and they're trying to figure themselves out they're coming across different, you know, motivational videos, whether it's Gary Vee or Tim Robbins or whoever, like they want to see, especially people that they can relate to. Uh, they want to hear those stories. And uh, I think it's important. And when, when we were talking about it, our mantra moving from last year to this year with the let it fly and just talking to other people about, you know, what the mantra is, because it kind of caught on to like some, some of our friends, like, yo, what's the mantra for this year? And they put it in their lives. And, I, I'll, I'll once in a while, if, if I see someone doing something really cool uh, and then they mention something like, you know, I just decided just to do it, blah, 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 blah. I'll, I'll comment like, let it fly with the plane and everything because like, it, 
You know, you just got to yeah. it's like shooting your shot in the gym. Like, <laughs> if, well, yeah. if you want to date someone, shoot your shot. If you want to, like, go for that job, like, let it, like, apply for that, like, apply for it. Put the application in. Like, just let, let it fly and let, let the chips fall where they may. It, and it goes back to what you were talking about in the beginning, right? Like, you know, sometimes the hardest thing about any goal that you want to achieve is taking that first step. <clears throat> Correct. And there are so many reasons to hesitate, you know? Um, is it my place to say that? Ooh, I don't want to step on anybody's toes. Oh, I don't want to have to deal with the backlash of, you know, rubbing someone the wrong way if I can, if I take the first step in doing that. But right. you know, the reality is, is that like, that's all self-talk. That's all in, in, in your head, right? Like you got to just all in your head. Let, stop hiding right behind that soft talk and self-talk and just let it fly, you know? And, and that's what it is. Like, and I think it's so important today, even, you know, in, 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 in so many circles, I think about it, you know, in, in a professional sense where it's like, you know, there's a lot of sort of politeness that, that people kind of go through in their careers of like wanting to, you know um, you know, in good faith, right. Trying to make sure that they preserve relationships and, you know, so many business, so much of, about business is a relationship business, but it's also an action, you know, and mm. an execution, you know, world. And so, you know, hesitation can, you know, be the, 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 the deal breaker for, you know, clo- you know, missing the doors and the windows of opportunity that are out in front of you, um, you know, not acting on something fast enough. So it'll, it won't be as good if you don't do it immediately. Right. And that, so- that, the, the fact that you use hesitated is making me laugh because it, it takes me to um, one of my favorite shows of all time, How to Make It in America. I feel like it was ahead of its time. Um, and if you have HBO, HBO uh, Max or whatever, definitely give yourself a binge on that. It's a great show. Um, but there was a line. I think it was the first episode where, he, where, where um, Cam says he who hesitate masturbates. <laughs> when he was trying to go after the girl exactly and it was like, it's, it's it's such a funny line but like going back to the hesitation like if you're if you're hesitating or pump faking you're either gonna get a turnover <laughs> like you're not gonna get the results that you want so or the clock's gotta, gonna run out on you right right the, yeah. the shot clock's gonna run out or whatever so it's just making that first step and just making that making that leap because you're either gonna fall to your face or you're gonna you're gonna soar to the sky so like yeah rather do you know? Yeah. And so, and I think, you know, so letting it fly, I mean, we're already two months into the year and I think it's, uh, you know, it's been paying off, right? It's like speaking up when, when you might be hesitant to share your point of view, um, you know, putting together or structuring an idea um, that you think it might be someone else's job to do, but it's just not moving fast enough. Right. So, so you need to, you need to, you need to let it fly, right. You need to let it, let, just let it go, let it out there. Or, you know, like even like a tendency to make something too perfect, right? Like you officially got your website out there, but you know, there's mm-hmm. probably a version of you that could have probably said, Hey, you know, I, I want to wait for this to be just right. I, I need to do this. Oh, okay. absolutely. Now I got to wait to this time of year when people are going to, you know what I mean? Absolutely. Like, there's in. analytics. I was like, Oh, maybe people are going to be more in tune this time. Da, 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 da. I'm waiting for this. Like, Oh, for sure. And then it just got to where, you know, they just put it out. And just, yeah, just let it fly. <laughs> I'll figure it out later. <laughs> let it fly. <laughs> No, yeah. but I do want to, I, I do want to uh, really quick, I want to go back. I had mentioned influencers and I'm not trying to like dig at influence, influencers for being, you know, braggy or anything, because I actually took a lot from how they do things. They're, they're some of the bravest people on social media in the, in the sense that they put out con- content constantly of themselves looking like goofy, funny, sexy, whatever, whatever you want to call it. And they're just putting themselves out there. And I think, I think a lot of people could take something from those people that are influencers or, 
or social media models or whatever, because they're literally, they're really putting themselves out there and, you know, not all comments are going to be positive or whatever, but they keep, you know what though, in two hours, there's going to be another post. The next day there's going to be another, uh, uh, company gives them free stuff. Like whatever, like, well, I mean, look, and I think, uh, to your point, yes, there's a lot of courage there. And, and, you know, I commend their just kind of, uh, relentlessness, right? Like to your point, you Mm -hmm. know, as I've shared, I think there's, you can, you can feel kind of hesitant because of the critics that are out there and the trolls and all that. But it's like those people that have the time to do all that stuff don't have anything else going on. Right. They're, they're, (laughs) you know, versus the people that are out there really doing it, they're doing it regardless of whatever that might be, you know? And I think, Mm -hmm. um, there's a lot to admire in that, you know, they're, they're constantly creating, they're constantly communicating and constantly putting out there. And, you know, no matter, you know, who the, the influencer or celebrity or person is, someone's always going to find something bad to say about them. Right. But it's like, sure. you know, if you're creating something that everybody likes, then it's not good enough. Right. Right. You know, to your point, right. Like you've got to elicit emotion and you know, the emotion you're going it, for might be laughter or joy or happiness, but you know, you're going to get, you know, some of those bad emotions too. And at the end of the I, day, I always, I always say, if you don't have haters, you're not doing it right. Yeah, exactly. Even the best LeBron James, arguably one of the best athletes ever he has probably the most haters i've ever seen which doesn't make any sense but he's still great (laughs) he's still making money he's still putting his people on so it's like whatever when i would say the other thing about influencers what they've understood is that like social media has created a permissionless media society right where before to get in the media, you had to, to, to pitch a newspaper or pitch a news station, right? Or you had to have a story that was interesting enough for someone to cover. Now, you know, you could put whatever you want out there, right? And whatever audience that you have, you know, it's going to be distributed to. And so, you know, I think it's the, 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 the people that are really smart about it that understand what their audience likes and continues to create things that, you know, their audience enjoys. They continue to, to mass these networks that are you know, very much the size of the following of like the Philadelphia Inquirer or something, yeah. you know what I mean? They, they become their own media publications in their own Correct. Life. And when you've got that much distribution, the distribution is where the power really comes in. So, you know, people can hate on them all they want, but you know, these people that are building, you know, the tens, the hundreds, the millions of followers, they're building networks that are riv- riv- rivaling, you know, you know, some of the, even some of the larger media companies. I mean, look at Dave yeah. Chappelle, right? Dave Chappelle doesn't need to w- wait for anybody to release, you know, a comedy special for him. He could just put mm. it on an Instagram lie on an Instagram story. You know, he, he just published that, that, that special, um, the redemption special, right. On, Redem- his, yeah. on his IG, you yeah. know what I mean? You know, and he's IG got the story, yeah. Netflix and, 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 and Netflix will publish it as well on YouTube. But like, you know, when, when you reach a certain level of influence or you reach a certain audience size, you become your own media channel Correct. where you control what goes on there. Absolutely. And I think that we're in an age, uh, we've been in an age of people understanding, um, like, I, like, I always, like, they're, they're, I come across people that um, they'll say, like, oh, I hate social media, or it's so bad. so bad. I'm like, I mean, it's kind of dismissive, because if you understand how to use it, or if you understand what it is, then it's not that bad. Um, you're focusing on, you know, the negative aspects, but like, what, what in, in life doesn't have negative aspects to it, right? But I think understanding um, the, the actual power that people have in social media and the, the fact that 
the internet's written in ink and not in pencil, I, I think I think people have I, I think people either fully understand that and they're like whatever, or they don't really understand it and um, they don't realize that it's going to be there forever, or you know you people are going to remember that because they could go back to a tweet from 2010 or whatever. Um, so it's, it's, it's going to be, it's, it's treacherous in navigating through it. But if you have a, like a vision, if you have a focus on what you're trying to do, how you're trying to do it and who you want to work with and how you want to give back or whatever, then you could easily navigate through the trenches of social media um, because it is a powerful tool and working and, you know, you working with Adobe um, and, and, these events, what do you think is um, the most important thing about social media that people don't understand? Well, I mean, you know, what, what I will say is not on behalf of Adobe, because I think, you know, there are a lot of purposes to use social media for business in terms of connecting with the community. And, and I think businesses can provide a lot of value, right? I think, you know, especially for creative software, there's a, there's a, you know, social media is a place where people get creative inspiration. You know, mm -hmm. I think more of the accounts that I follow than anything are actually of artists and designers, right? So I think, um, you know, I, I think there's value, um, you know, for a business like Adobe or, or any other similar business to, to be, you know, in a place where they engage, where their community engages, right? Mm -hmm. And, and I think, you know, for a business, it's about, you know, being involved in that conversation in a way that creates value, whether it's creative inspiration or how to's or assets or, or any of that. Right. Um, you know, I think for me personally, I have a, I have a, you know, I, I think everything that you're talking about when it relates to social media is valid. You know, I think as with anything, you have to, as an individual, have your own expectations of what you get out of social media and how you want to engage with it. Right. And mm -hmm. I think, you know, for me, um, you know, I think it's easy for someone to get caught up in the pressures of like having to post something for every holiday or having to, you know, do some type of acknowledgement through social, you know, for if not, you know, there's a sort of anxiety that's created of like, how will it be, it be perceived if I don't get involved in this or if I don't celebrate this birthday this way or if I don't do this. Right. Or you mm -hmm. could just say, you know what, I'm going to remove myself from that. You know, mm -hmm. and maybe I'm going to be a little bit of an outlier and, you know, kind of not fit the norm of the way everyone else is doing it. But at the end of the day, I'm going to have so much less stress because of it. Right. You mm -hmm. know, I think and I think that's, you know, so for me, it's like I, I, I go into spouts where, you know, I like to post a lot because especially in a time like this, you don't see your family all the time. Um, mm -hmm. So the way that, you know, my family gets to be a part of my uh, my extended family gets to be a part of my 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 um immediate family here at home uh the way that we get to be a part of each other's lives is through social media right yeah pictures and people's birthdays and yeah you know and, and all that and so there's a connection and so that's why a lot of what i share is about family um you know i think there are um channels where it's important to be a voice in in these conversations and create awareness right i think that's where i'm saying you know getting more content for me i, I think it's important to get content out there that provides people access, right? Mm -hmm. As you said, to things that they might not see that's happening, you know, behind closed doors or within a boardroom or a 15, you know, hundred dollar conference that they could easily access through social media. You know, you mm -hmm. just got to share it. You just got to put it out there and give people access to it. So, you know, I think that's something, an area that I want to start to look into more personally. Um, but yeah, I think, you know, 
as with anything, I think there's so many things that are talked about now in terms of like social media addiction, you know, and I think, um, I think people have to really kind of reflect on like their own personal relationship and usage and how much value they're putting in like, you know, the quality of a post or the way that they look in a picture and all that, you mm-hmm. know, and that, that's going to come from, you know, back to what we talked about, mastering your values, you know, doing some self-reflection and thinking about like, you know, what's important in this for me? Am I doing this because I want to look like everybody else? Or am I doing this because, you know, I want to have some type of connection or some type of message or whatever it might be, you know? And I think yeah. if, you, if you get into anything at some point, you know, whether it's a job, a relationship, a tool, um, you know, even the, the, you know, the way that you're living your lifestyle, like you, you have to do some thinking around like, are the things that you have around your life, whether it's the people, the friends, the habits, the practices aligning with how, how you want to feel and how you want mm-hmm. to live. And if you find that you're scrolling through social media feeds and you're getting depressed because of how, you know, beautifully manicured, you know, someone's life might look through social media, then yeah. you might need to re-examine kind of your own personal, you know, value and worth that you put in a platform. Absolutely. So, coming back to mantras 2021 uh very beautiful family you have two beautiful kids shout out to your wife uh stephanie uh you're in a great city uh what are some things that you're working on to let it fly in 2021 so um you know absolutely being more uh forthcoming with some of the the programs that we've been working on so as i mentioned the one school um, you know, working with Oriel Davis Lyons from Spotify in the, in the one club, um, you know, and, and serving as a creative mentor, uh, mm-hmm. you know, continuing to more visibly support that organization, right? When I mentioned all that stuff that I'd done in the fall, you said, you know, you didn't even know I had done that, right? You're yeah. one of the closest people to me. Um, yeah. You know, so I've already, you know, started to really kind of champion those types of programs more, you know, because it also brings value to the students that just recently graduated, right? I've got... Yeah. We've got 30 students that, you know, competed, you know, across the country to get into this program and they just graduated. And they're some of the most talented, creative designers, writers, account managers, you know, you know, future, you know, black agency leaders um, and brand leaders. And and they just graduated. Right. So they actually need people, you know, like myself and other leaders to to champion them. Right. And keep putting them out there and letting people know that this talent exists. Um, you know, you don't have to look far to find them. You know, I pinged someone from Snapchat. I was like, Hey, check out, you know, this class that just graduated, you know, a lot of dope creatives there. You know, I've, I've, you know, made some recommendations and referrals for people in Adobe. Um, you know, so, so I think that's, uh, you know, there's a voice that I have, you know, in, in, in sort of a, a tenure that I have and a network that I have that I can, you know, use to support some of these efforts. So for me, it's, it's doing more of that, um, you know, and, and supporting, you know, things like, uh, efforts from my, from my good friends, like yourself on this podcast. Mm. Um, you know, we've got friends that are doing, doing, uh, clothing lines, media companies and all types of stuff and continuing to support their efforts. Um, you know, and also (laughs) in letting it fly, I mean, I've been creating a lot of presentations, you know, I'm a designer and a creative by trade, but I spend a lot of my time in PowerPoint designing decks, um, and selling ideas and selling stories and continuing to let those fly, right? Like, some of them are not my place to say, but you know what, if I can put together a solid idea and I can get people to listen and I can recruit people around the idea, I don't care if someone else leads it. You know, I feel good because I committed it to letting something fly and letting what was in my head out, 
you know, without hesitation. And Mm -hmm. if it turns into something that's valuable, then for me, that's a success. That's awesome. Um, I will, once we finish, I got to talk to you about an idea that me and Hector had that I think um, I had mentioned you, I had mentioned your name to it, but uh, when 2020 had happened, we kind of put it on the backside, but I want to bring it to you to see what you think, but that's something offline. But before we finish, uh, I want to finish um, with something that I'm going to have every episode. Um, I'm gonna I'm gonna ask you some questions, and it's just gonna be quick answers, um, mm-hmm. one or two words, whatever. And then at the end, um, there's gonna be a little treat for you. Um, so we'll get to that in a second. But your first question, uh, really quick: um, if you had to pick between one app to use for the rest of your life. Between these three, which one would you choose and or why? Would it be Instagram, Facebook, or MySpace in its prime? Photoshop. (laughs) (laughs) Photoshop. That's not a plug, but that is the (laughs) one app that literally, I mean, I can, you know, it it, it is part of my livelihood. You know, I I think, I think uh, you said MySpace, Instagram, or Facebook. Yeah. Instagram, you know, I think, um, I, I think out of the three, what I like most about Instagram is that, again, most of my, uh, most of the content that I follow there is for inspiration, right? So I can go to Instagram and I can look up, you know, an entire, you know, visual design trend about something, or I can see, you know, videos around kind of campaigns and programs that might be inspirational. So out of all the other apps, I mean, you know, whether it's Facebook or MySpace, there's going to be another one, you know, in, in a yeah. couple of years, right? Um, you know, I think what Facebook did well was they locked down their UI so that, um, you know, individual customizations that people were making to the product would not impact people's experience. I think MySpace had just gone to the route of people adding songs and profiles and glitter on their background that, you know, MySpace would automatically shut down your browser and it was getting, yeah. Yeah. you know, so I think Facebook's success is that they locked it in and that they started to move really quite really fast and scaling up. Um, other areas of the business, but I think, um, I, I, I think, I think we're going to be due for another type of social experience. Um, you know, that, that hopefully Facebook won't buy, <laughs> you know, so that it will remain right. kind of, own own thing. Unique. yeah, but I would say out of the three, um, Instagram, you know, just content, you know, constant kind of visual inspiration, I think is, uh, is uh, something of value versus a lot of what I see on Facebook can be of less value sometimes. I'll take it. Um, and what, from, from the heyday going out in Philly, um, what was your favorite nightlife spot to go to? Other than, other than Mint and other than Eden, I'll make salute <laughs> the favorites. What was your, what was your um, favorite spot to go to in nightlife? Oh man. In Philly. Well, what I do have to say about Mint really quick is just it was the people, <laughs> right? It was the people that, that yeah. we had there. Um, you know, it was, it was our cheers. So I think that's going to be kind of irreplaceable. And I think. The um, sign's still up there. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> See? The Mint it's sign like, is still up even, there. <laughs> even the building doesn't want to let it go. <laughs> yeah. Um, you know, it's hard. I, you know, you know what it was is that I think. So I, there's two reasons that I probably say this family of places um you know mint was uh mint was both a a great place to to spend time with people but it was also work right and Mm -hmm. so for those years that i was going to other places as well as going to mint i was always working i was always looking around and seeing what they were doing what was working for them and what i might be able to do at another spot 
Um, but where I didn't feel like I was working was South on the square. Mm. South on the square for me was like the good kind of like, it had a, it had a dive bar feel to it. Right. So you could go, and you can grab a beer, you know, a lot of good times with, with, you know, all of our, all of the guys, especially Rick, um, and both South on the squares, right. Both the one in the right. square and the one on Lehigh. Um, and so, yeah, I would say that's probably been the best, uh, one of my favorite places that I can remember just spending time with running into people and just kind of random craziness. What was your, what was your favorite phone your favorite cell phone of all time? Mm. At, at, like out of the ones you ever owned? Yes. So I would say, um, my first, my favorite phone that I had had back in the day was, uh, the, the Samsung a 200. Uh, that was like okay. the first, um, first color screen phone flip phone right before the, um, right before the, uh, the, the Samsung or the Sanyo camera phone. Um, I remember those. Yeah. Yeah. And, and so I, I guess that phone for me was my favorite one because it was like my first phone bill that I was paying my own money. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, and it, I remember the, the ringtones, it was like the ringtone game was off the charts. It was you know? crazy. <laughs> I had, if you want to date, you know, I, I'll date myself. One of the, the songs that I had as a ringtone, cause it made a really good ringtone at the time was okay. the Bub- Bubba Sparks. <laughs> <laughs> the, which all, one? The, the, um, I don't know. It wasn't he a one hit wonder. The one. Oh no, yeah. Like. Sparks. Uh, ugly was it ugly? ugly. <laughs> yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That was like a that was like a big hit. Okay. Exactly. Because so, he also so, had booty, 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 booty walking everywhere. He, he also had that one too. But now that, no, that, it, was, it was just that would have been a person. terrible ringtone for that to come on during work. class. <laughs> <laughs> uh, mine was the LG uh, chocolate. It was Verizon LG chocolate. It was like it, I remember the cart. The commercials were so dope, mm-hmm. and it was probably like this big, and it's it slid up to like right here. And like the, the sound it made when you touched it, it was it was buttons and touchscreen, so it was kind of cool. It was really I just remember it was just, I just remember like it was like a candy time. bar when you slid it. it slid yeah, I just remember yeah. the time we when I had it. I that was when like I was in I was going to clubs. I was twenty one, and like it was just it was just fun. Um, out of all the cities that you've lived in, which one was your favorite? Oh, there was uh, obviously there's Philly. There's yeah. Miami, LA, Chicago. There's Denver now. You lived in Erie, Harrisburg, <laughs> Atlanta. Atlanta. Oh, I forgot about Atlanta. That's right. Yeah. So many. So, many so I would say for a long time, Atlanta was my favorite because Atlanta was um, it was a good like family city. I, I lived there in high mm-hmm. school. Had a lot of good friends that that are still you know good friends to this day. Um, but it was a city that was very much like. Um, you know, that Southern hospitality was like a real thing. And I think the mm-hmm. school system was awesome. So it was a favorite of mine for so long. Um, you know, Philly is irreplaceable, right? And, and I think the city itself, like, I mean, look, it, it is Philadelphia, right? <laughs> but, you know, what you remember most fondly about the people, I mean, about Philly is the people, you know? Yeah. So, so I think I have noticed over the years as people continue to move away from the city, um, there's less of a draw to go back because, you know, a lot of what I was, what I really miss about the city is the people itself. Um, Absolutely. Denver by far though, has to be just from the perspective that I sit today is one of the best cities I've ever lived in. Um, wow. You know, having a young family, <clears throat> there's a lot of young families out here. There's a lot of people that have recently moved here from California, from Texas, from Chicago, from, you know, Miami, from the East coast, from everywhere. Right. It's like, yeah. it's, it's just on a rise. And when you when you're part of a city that's kind of going through that growth and you're grow, you're you're entering new with so many other people, it's like going back to the dorms again. 
Like everyone's mm-hmm. in this brand new experience together. Everyone's really more outgoing, um, trying to kind of experience new things together. Uh, you know, having the Rocky Mountains to be able to take my kids out to and just a lot of green space. I mean, during this pandemic, um, you know, I'm fortunate enough to live in a place that's got a lot of parks and it's wide open, just green. And so I yeah. can go outside for runs every single day. And, uh, you know, I've been running about 50 miles a month, um, you know, because I've got the pl- beautiful outdoor space to do so. And so yeah. you know, Denver has really um, been been a great experience for us. That's awesome. I mean, just to take it back really quick, your your bachelor party was in Denver, and we were all like, "Denver, all right, whatever." <laughs> and we had a ball. It was it was we had an absolute blast. Uh, and you know, what was it five a uh, couple yeah. years later? Yeah, who you would, moved who, to Denver. Who would have known six years ago that that random selection of choosing a city, you know, that I was going to celebrate getting married in, is you know, the city that I would ultimately have my family in. We're very fortunate because. We, it don't matter what city we go to with the people that we have in our support system and our crew, it just makes it bet like fun. We could go, we could go anywhere in the world and still have a blast because we're all on the same wavelength as far as, all right, we're here. Let's figure out what to do. We'll have fun regardless. Yeah. Yeah. That's just what it is. We're very, very fortunate. We're very, very fortunate, but back to what we talked about, we sort of designed it that way. Right. You know, I think it's, it's, um, you know, and, and if you think about it, I mean, there's plenty of times that we thought about taking trips, whether it was to Canada or to wherever. And we were just like, all right, you know, who would be good to go on this trip with, right? Mm-hmm. Like, what are the right mix of people, you know? And I think over the years, we've all continued to share experiences like that, where, you know, we've celebrated New Year's in Chicago and New Year's in Miami and, you know, you know, there's New Year's been, on a party bus. <laughs> yeah, New Year's on a party bus. We've had a, a yacht in Miami. We went to, you know, Costa Rica. Some people went out to Greece, like, you know, yeah. literally we've gone many places in the world together and people have had a great time, you know, because it's like one thing that we used to talk about all the time, which we cannot forget is also when you start to live this way, you start to magnetize, right? You mm-hmm. start to draw in kind of more like-minded people. It's resonant. Like-minded experience. Yes. You know, and I think that's what it was is that, you know, we've been fortunate enough to um, you know, share our lives with people that share common values, interests, goals, um, you know, that have all helped us all collectively live more fulfilling lives together. So I, to that, I am very grateful. So my gift to you is that you can ask me any question you want and I have to answer it. Bam. The one question that's been, you know, getting to me for, for so many years, because it's the one thing I really don't know. Okay. What does your tattoo mean? Which one? The one with- The Cupid? Yeah. That's the first tattoo <sighs> that you got, right? That's the first one I ever got. Yes, and um, not, I don't know what it means. I'm, it has a couple, it's like one of those things that has a couple meanings to it, but it really is not one significant thing. Um, I got it because I, I always wanted it for some reason. And I, I just think ultimately I've always been a lover, not a fighter type of person but thought if I had to, or if it came down to it, but I just ultimately just believe that not to sound corny or cheesy, but love does conquer all. Um, and I always wanted to, and I always saw myself as a uh, purveyor of someone who is able to give love. And um, even, even like, if you, if you want to take it back to like college or whatever, like I always thought I was a really good wingman uh, with our, with our frat brothers. <laughs> I could say that. 
you know, um, and I have a lot of, you know, other friends that could probably attest to that. And um, I, but I just, I just, I, you know, there's like, there's like the four love languages. Like mm -hmm. I've always been a type of person that uh, wants to bring everybody in and have a good time and, and just show love because um, why not, you know? Um, and I kind of just got it because, you know, when I was in San Antonio, my, my sister's um, brother-in-law at the time, he was doing, um, he had like, he was doing tattoos all day or whatever. And he was like, if you want one, you can come down. I was like, cool. So I was just like, I, I think I want this. And I saw, I, I saw one off the computer uh, image and I got it and I, I just got it. And I was like, yeah, all right, cool. Like, that was, that's pretty much what it was. I, I've always wanted, I wanted to have something with love, but I didn't want to have like a heart or I didn't want to have like something, you know, I kind of wanted it to be a conversation piece. Be like, why'd you get that? And just and kind of tell them. That's awesome, man. And that's yeah, pretty much what it was. I'll tell you, I think that's the other thing too, right? Like, I think we both always shared this love for people. Like mm -hmm. when I think about it too, like we've always loved to bring people together. Right. Mm -hmm. and, and I think that's, um, you know, I, I will say that's probably, you know, fundamentally, I think one of the things that just makes, you know, makes our relationship so close is just that I think we both equally share love for people, seeing people do good, bringing good into people's lives. Um, you know, and so no, that's great. I'm I'm glad that I finally know that story. I uh, I know that I've yeah. asked you before, and I don't know if maybe you didn't have the story kind of as synthesized at that time. Yeah, but that's the one thing that I was like, when is he gonna tell me what that is? So thank you. That was a good. <laughs> I don't thing. even know. I honestly don't even know why I, I probably didn't tell you or didn't explain it. But I don't know. I, I you know, I, <laughs> it wasn't like it was like a big secret or anything. I was just like, you know, if you wanted to know, you can ask. I, I, I just, I, yeah, I remember thinking it was odd because I was like. There's not ever a thing. I mean, I think especially, I don't even remember when that was. It had to be sometime around like the Chicago kind of cruise. No, it was, it was, it was, it was, um, it was in between my contracts in 2012. And it was around your 30th birthday. Ah, there we go. It was when I, was, I went down to Texas for a couple of weeks and then I went up to, I went down to Miami for your 30th. And then that same day I went back on the, on the, the cruise ship to start my next contract. But I got it in that break. Ah, yeah. Yeah. It was, it was, yeah, it was 2012. Yeah, 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 yeah. But uh, Sergio, thank you so much for uh, doing this with me, for me. Um, I, it's something that I've always wanted to do. Uh, we'll have you on again because uh, we have more years to come, more mantras. Um, and for those who want to follow Sergio Claudio online, where can they find you? I'd say LinkedIn would be the best. Um, okay. you know, and I think again, you know, trying to get on there and just kind of share more of the insights that, you know, whether it relates to career or, you know, opportunities, whatever I can do to add value, um, you know, definitely try and, you know, look forward to, to having people connect with me on that, that platform. And, uh, yeah, no, I really appreciate you having me for the discussion, Jamel. Um, you know, I, I, I am a big fan of everything that you've been doing and that you and the water ice crew have been doing, um, you know, looking forward to continuing to watch you let it fly and, you know, uh, you know, when you got the glow, you got the glow. So shine ah, yes. on, brother. <laughs> <laughs> Word up. Uh, shout out to Ty Mac and uh, 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 The Last Dragon. But uh, thank you so much. We're going to, um, we have waterice.com. Your scoops everything Philly. We have a lot of things coming up. So stay tuned. In the meantime, I'll uh, check you guys later. Uh, Sergio, have a good one. See ya. And folks, just like that, episode one of the Gentleman's Corner podcast is in the books. Thank you so much to Sergio Claudio for being the first guest. 
dropping some gems. I learned a lot. I hope you did too. So make sure you follow him on LinkedIn. And speaking of following, you can follow me personally. I'm at I am Jay the Gentleman. Also, make sure you subscribe, download, click the link, follow, whatever you got to do. Water Rice Radio. We have the fellow podcaster, my colleague, my good friend, Miss Lauren Ree from the Lauren Ree Live Show. Over 300 episodes of amazing guest conversations. You definitely want to follow that. Also, waterrice.com, your scoop to everything Philly on all social media platforms. I'm talking Instagram, Facebook, YouTube, tons and tons of content. Make sure you're following waterrice.com. All right, folks, we got the next episode coming up, so stay tuned. Thank you so much for listening. This is the Gentleman's Corner Podcast. Great conversations with great people. Talk to you soon.